Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this is one of our deep dives, our back to tanks of talk. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsock, happy to dive on into that warm, gooey back to makes us feel so good and more enlightened. <laughs> Yes, uh, back to tank uh, for our minds as well. I guess uh, I guess that's the way it works for Boba Fett. So, yes, hopefully, that's the way it'll true. work for us. Uh, we are going to be talking today in this deep dive about appearance changes in Star Wars. I tried to come up with an exciting title, but. 
that's what we're talking about. Appearance changes. Obviously, a lot of discussion around the uh, Kenobi trailer with the Grand Inquisitor, but lots of other characters and lots of other appearances. Appearance changes throughout all of Star Wars, so that's what we're going to dive into. But first, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland. To download your free audiobook, you can go to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. One more time, audibletrial.com slash force center but there is still more there is more more says kylo ren and you got it kylo inside editions publisher of a ton of great star wars books is offering 35 percent off across their website if you use this special link say it with me kids inside editions.com slash discount slash fc35 this week we're recommending the inside editions book the mini book of lightsabers it is a mini book full of lightsabers, and it's great. Again, use this link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. That is a book that, in my opinion, has a perfect appearance. I don't think it should change. It's it's perfect the way it is. It's, it's mini. Great. It's a book. It's full of lightsabers. Every part of it we love. Check it out. So we are going to get into our main topic. Uh, like I was saying, there have been a lot of discussions recently about how certain characters appear in Star Wars, particularly when they're adapted from animation to live action. Uh, Ahsoka, Cad Bane, and most recently in the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer, the Grand Inquisitor is his head grand enough. We're going to chat through how we process all those different looks in Star Wars. And Ken, I, w- I want to start here. Um, you and I often try to own uh, the parts of our perspective that maybe come from our age and our introduction to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And we grew up with lots of variations in appearance, right? We saw the yeah. movies, but then there were those um, Macquarie illustrations that uh, in my little mind, when I saw them in packs of trading cards, they were unexplained. It was just like, here's mm. a picture of Star Wars, but it's different. Like I yeah. didn't quite get it. You know, it's just like it's Star Wars, but it's different. Uh, but then there were also comic book covers uh, where uh, <laughs> Chewbacca yeah. looks very much more like a, a, an ape with a lot of hair. Uh, mm. There's comic book covers where Obi-Wan's lightsaber is red. Uh, the action figures were not uh, photorealistic. Uh, check out uh, Han Solo's heads. Uh, <laughs> one of the main Star Wars posters showed Luke with bulging chest muscles. And in the other main poster, Vader's lightsaber is totally inaccurate. You and I grew up with a ton of different visions uh, of what things looked like in Star Star Wars. Uh, did, did growing up with all of that help us accept more variation in the looks? Did, did that happen for you? What are your thoughts? I think without even fully realizing it, maybe it did. You mentioned the Macquarie ones. Love the... The McQuarrie designs, love the history of it, love Ralph McQuarrie himself, so talented, such a key part of Star Wars. But I'm like you, I remember getting packs of cards, trading cards, and going, the hell is this? <laughs> well, I was a kid, I went, the heck is this? So I couldn't swear in my house. So, yeah, it just was like, this isn't, no, no, no. And, and, and even some of the early, early ones, right? Like the, the one that's like Vader and he's got kind of like a breathing, like he's scuba diving, fighting Luke yeah. with, a light, with a flashlight more than a lightsaber. <laughs> I remember looking at that one going, well, that ain't Vader before I understood concept arts and everything like that. So I think I dealt with it then and, and it might be open enough. Some of it's just fun. Yeah, you mentioned the Kenobi, the red lightsaber. And even, even, you know, I'm reading the novel going, who's blue five? What happened to red five? <laughs> So it might be part of it. And none of this takes away the conversation or those who 
have issues with some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about later. And we'll probably address that again. But yeah, no, I, I think that's an interesting starting point. We are, again, yeah, we do own where we come from and everyone comes to Star Wars from a different point of view, different times, different eras. But yeah, that uh, it was uh, the wild, the, the wild, I don't want to say wild west, but the wild galaxy. It was a wild galaxy. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, maybe I should have uh, offered one of our patented uh, caveats at the beginning. <laughs> if you're listening and, and the look of Grand Inquisitor bothers you or you're a huge Ahsoka fan and, and it's a distraction uh, while you watch, totally valid, totally understood. Uh, so we want to recognize that and respect that. And I think that where Ken and I both, I, I think, come from and we'll discover is that even when things bother us, it, it's not a focus for us. And I think mm-hmm. I wanted to start with this uh, question to maybe analyze why did we get, you know, a yeah. little bit uh, of a boost growing up in a time where things were rarely accurate when they were translated. Right. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Caveat indeed. Uh, only because, you know, we try to just want to make sure there's room at the table for everyone here in our discussions. But like, I, I, I don't want to ever sound like I'm dismissive of some of the stuff. Like I just plain didn't recognize the differences in live action Ahsoka. I, I I needed the internet to point it out for me. <laughs> like I could see it. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I saw oh, the Lake look a little different, but I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't, I, it, it didn't register with me. And I'm not saying that to be like, <laughs> I'm, I don't care. I'm, I'm dismissive of your complaints. I just, I just didn't, I didn't live with it. And, and, and you're right to analyze where it came from. It might've, you know, might've been the Ewoks looked a little different in the Ewok movie than they did in the return of the Jedi film. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's it of, of you know, I really understand the perspective of like, I'm a huge, if a person's like, I'm a huge Ahsoka fan, I am a huge mm-hmm. Togruta fan, I, I got a million Shakti action figures. Uh, hey, when when we see that vision in the Mortis arc where she's older, her, her Montrols and, and yeah. Leku are, are bigger, when, in Rebels they are, that's a part of these species, they're supposed to get bigger, so what's this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I understand if you're really invested in that, it is, uh, it can be a larger distraction, that's part of the reason that we wanted to dive in. And I think for me, like, I can be like, oh, yeah, I wish uh, uh, it'd be cool if there's a way for them to be uh, more accurate or how, mm-hmm. how, how am I going to adjust my headcanon? Uh, but I don't get too hung up on it. It's not a huge distraction for me. And I think a part of that is growing up with uh, like superheroes, right? Like the adaptations into into movies were never (laughs) Uh, we're lucky if they had any relationship with the way uh, the characters uh, looked you know I've gone on years of accepting like well in movies Batman he dresses black he's not gray and blue it's gray and blue damn it (laughs) you know Uh, so with superheroes I've had a long time with it but I think growing up with Star Wars in particular it was like it looked this way in the movie and it was a treat to ever have things accurate you know yeah. Uh, cause it was just such a different time. I remember being blown away for so many reasons when I, I've finally found and, and got the, uh, Kenner Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker action figure. Mm-hmm. But like as a kid, I really thought it was impossible to make plastic blue <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. give him an accurate lightsaber, you know, cause Empire Strikes Back, uh, <laughs> a new hope and uh, it was yellow Empire Strikes yeah. Back. It wasn't up his wrist anymore, but it was yellow. And then here, here, here comes Jedi and Luke. And the one I found has got a green lightsaber. That's yeah. possible. Amazing. Yeah. So like, I think I maybe internalized that like, uh, things are often don't look the same in different mediums. And, when I was a kid, I think it was because people were like, yeah, the space movie, who cares? Uh, yeah. And obviously, 
people do care now and and artists give a ton of thought to it and put a ton of work into it and you know when animation moves to live action they make compromises or adaptation changes so i think the the changes now are from a how are we going to translate from medium to medium everybody involves cares we're not looking down our nose at this i think when we were kids (laughs) i don't think the editors at marvel were like "Eh, gotta (laughs) gotta be sure to make this right it was just it happened you know and you know Uh, I think, mm-hmm. you know, for, for corporate products in particular, like who cares if this space movie is exactly right? You know? Totally. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You, now I'm thinking too, I think I was a little upset that the Baroness looked different in the comics than she did on the cartoon for GI Joe. <laughs> Might've been my own issue. Yeah. Always changing. Always changing. So we don't want to bury the lead. We're going to talk about some uh, more kind of big picture uh, conceptual approaches mm-hmm. to this idea, but we don't want to bury the lead. A large part of the reason we're having this conversation is the Grand Inquisitor. So let's just talk about him. Uh, Ken, do you like his look in the Obi-Wan trailer? And if so, why or why not? I'm going to go back even uh, one step before that there, Joseph. Let's go back to Rebels. I was not convinced that he was the same species as Tion Madone. How about that twist? <laughs> I didn't like the Rebels design. Uh, I thought did, it was inaccurate. What did you think was inaccurate? Were his, uh, his I don't know, uh, flesh crevices not deep enough uh, Actually, on his head? Yeah. No, yes, yes. No, I remember when he when he first emerged. I like the design. He also kind of reminds me of uh, the brother, right? In in the Mortis arc, right? There's some of the c- connection there, right? Yep. And, and and yeah, no, it was like the grooves, man. The groove is in the heart. Also, the groove is in Tiamadone's face. And I just like that. That's not no. That's not the same species. Now, I always admit, I I'm a. Um, you're better with some of the the vehicle names, species names, animal names. Uh, you you you're plugged into that a little bit more than I am. So I had to look like look it up. Like, is that the same species? There's people are saying it is. I I'm not joking. I I didn't think they captured it then. Hmm. So all that to say, I based on the three what was it maybe three seconds we've seen, I could say <laughs> I I'd, li- I'd like him a little the head be a little more sleeker, thinner, and taller. Yes, I actually really would. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to agree with that talking point going around that we need a, a design that. Uh, excuse me, I'm also going to uh, agree that the talking point that goes around that we need a design that allows for an actor to move, emote, fight. And Bruce Spence is amazing as Tian Madone. It's mm-hmm. truly one of my favorite little scenes in Revenge of the Sith. I love Bruce Spence. I've mentioned before as a mouth of Sauron in the Return of the King deleted scenes. I think he's great. Um, I just don't see that character moving around, wiping out people with the lightsaber, spinning or otherwise. And that doesn't necessarily mean they had to change the design, but I, I seriously kind of, even though I do agree, I want it on, I want it on record, your honor. I do wish the head was taller for uh, uh, Rupert friend. We haven't seen him in action yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I just, I want to withhold full judgment. Yeah. I rewatched the uh, revenge of the Sith scene with Tion Madun and the other pounds uh, in the background, as well as Ute, the other species that lives uh, yeah. on Utapau. Um, and yeah, man, every line, every line is great. He didn't say. Uh, it's, uh, every, every line is great. That actor is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, he, 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 he's a walking, talking, not a fighting, menacing um, yeah. um, character. Yeah. Uh, so there is that practical consideration to be made. We'll talk a little bit more about that. You know what I've found myself really realizing about the Grand Inquisitor is that I think uh, there is sometimes we conflate the question of, is it accurate and do you like it? 
And, yeah, that's actually, that's actually true. <laughs> uh, and I think maybe there's an assumption for people like, if it's not accurate, I don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, yeah, it's I, I get the mm. it's an adaptation from the, the animated version, but then as soon as anybody says that about the Grand Inquisitor, you're like, yeah, but look at their, their tall, tall, beautiful head of Dion Madun. It's already mm-hmm. been in live action. That We have that same conversation about the Togruta. Um, mm-hmm. So all of that, though, is about accuracy and interpretation. And then the question for me is just aesthetically, do I like it? Do I think it's uh, effective? And I think for me, with Grand Inquisitor, like, yeah, on paper, give them a taller head. Uh, I'd like that. Mm-hmm. That would be a little bit more accurate. And while we're there, make them uh, face creases real deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Tion Madun deep. Maybe maybe that happens when you're older. That Maybe that's their version of wrinkling. I'm like, I have a lot of <laughs> shadows now. Um, if that's the case, I am a Grand Inquisitor right now. <laughs> uh, but for me, it's like, I do really like the appearance of uh, the Grand Inquisitor in the trailer. And... Uh, I think many people might disagree with me on this, and I totally understand this. I'm owning my opinion. He looks both terrifying and bonkers absurd, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I like the pulpy side of Star Wars. I like the weird side. I like that tension of feeling so lost in the depth and the power and the the fear and the hope and all the emotions. And then something that just kind of goes twang and reminds yeah. me like, it's a weird B movie too. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. And, and there's something about him where like, I, I kind of look at him with the, the shorter head and he kind of does look like he looks like, you know, an alien that might bother them on the Jetsons. Like, I mean, he, he looks, <laughs> he looks a little B movie. Yeah, and I and I think some people might go, and that's why I don't like it. Um, yeah, but for me, he lo- so far uh, he looks effectively terrifying mm-hmm. and weird, mm-hmm. and I kind of like uh, uh, both at the same time. So mm-hmm. uh, for me, it I, I kind of like that effect where you, like y- you would see the the Grand Inquisitor and kind of want to laugh at him, and then he would turn to you with what I have no doubt is going to be phenomenal performance by Rupert Friend uh, mm-hmm. and then scare the crap out of you. Like, oh, were you about to laugh at me? <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. I, I think there might be some some Inquisitors, Grand Inquisitor scenes where like, remember when we thought that guy was funny instead of terrifying? Yeah, yeah. But see, you, you're, you're hitting on something that I, I, love, I love to kind of explore more. Again, on record, I'd like the head a little taller. On me record. too. On record. Official. Yep. T- team, <laughs> team tall head over team here. Team tall head. But my highlight is his his words, which are chilling, and mm-hmm. set a, a tone. I, I'm focusing on that. And again, we're not saying we're doing it right. You're doing it wrong. It just like that's why I'm, I, I wasn't paying attention to that as much. And I also had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a Star Wars fan, but does not engage anymore with public conversations on shows or otherwise <laughs> with Star Wars. Probably uh, better for it. And he was texting. He goes, hey, "I love the trailer." He goes, "Man, those uh, those like what are they called? Inquisitors? Silly looking, man." And including, by the, by the way, the fifth brother was, I cannot wait to see Sung Kang as the fifth brother, but it looks a little different. It's, it's not mm-hmm. accurate to, to the show if you're going with that as well. And I was like, yeah, I understand. I even had a, you know, the, the Inquisitor designs of, I, I've grown to love more than I thought I would, even going back to Rebel season one, or even when some of them pop up in the comics. Like they're, some of them are almost comical. They are B movie, like Ninth Sisters, 
this huge, you know, uh, creature with a species that's a uh, 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 species. Yeah, Duwatin. Thank you. See, you win that round. Um, <laughs> it's 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 not my favorite design, but also I've just come to accept that the these inquisitors are are, are their own kind of uh, little design world. So, but he so he but he was just like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just silly. I just I'm just, I'm not looking forward to the, these. Inqu- they just look silly. So. I don't know. All that to say, you know, uh, I think you're right about you can acknowledge one side, but if, if it works for you, hey, case in point, White Walkers, as de- as described in the book, Game of Thrones, the Song of Ice and Fire, way different than they are on the show. They are mm. chilling to me in the show. And I don't, I'm not there for those arguments. Well, in the show, they're actually more icy and beautiful and they have the length. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, the, the image that was on screen scared me. That's <laughs> why, yeah. why I got hooked into the show. 30 seconds in, I was like, I, I'm not familiar with these books, but holy God, I'm scared about this. I love this. So you're right. At the end of the day, yeah, Ahsoka looks different, but I like that different. That might just be the end deciding point. Yeah. And I, and I think it'll be really, really interesting to see if if the weight of the acting takes away mm-hmm. from anybody who feels like he looks a little silly. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what I'm saying is like, I, I do think he looks a little silly, but I'm kind of okay with that. I think Palpatine looks a little silly. Like he's, he's a <laughs> dark wizard in a robe, you know? Sorry, I've been, we may have had a discussion. There was an older generation Star Wars fan I was talking to one time. And like, we're talking like 15 years older than me. And he's like, when, when Palpatine shows up in Return of the Jedi, I almost stood up in the theater and was like, boo. He's like, that's not even the vision I had. Empire Strikes Back, it is, it is, it is something even different. Even though I, I would say, eh, it looks kind of, it's a cow and an old person, right? He was like, that. it was so comical to me. It was not the Empire I had been envisioning for a long time. It wasn't accurate to, to, my, to the standards I'd set. Yeah. Yeah. So like, in you know, it's one of the reasons I love Palpatine is because he is one of the, the uh, aesthetics that is like, yeah, no, this is space fantasy. He is an evil wizard with a wrinkly face and danger fingers like it, you know, the cane and the, <laughs> the voice and it, it, he's over the top. And yeah. then at the same time, everything he represents is so meaningful and powerful. So you get the fun and the depth at the same time. And it's what I, one of the things I come to Star Wars for. I can go places that are just silly and fun. And yeah. I can go to places that are just deep and serious and yeah. weighty. And Star Wars does both at the same time. And it gives it this tension. And it, you know, there are different moments that work for different fans. And sometimes when they're combined, it doesn't work for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there are moments where it works for me. And I, I I think the Grand Inquisitor is one of those moments. Yeah, again, three seconds. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that to be snarky, but three seconds of footage. Do, you know, does one second of it kind of make him look like he's from Mars Attacks? Like in a Tim Burton movie? Yeah. Yeah, but let's just see. You know, he's also terrifying with those words. I, I, I just want to. I just want to. The jury's out for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I look forward to revisiting the Grand Inquisitor uh, specific discussion uh, yeah. once he is on screen and terrifying people in full action. I mean, Inquisitors have had a long road, right? I mean, the the helicopter blades uh, have been uh, discussed about the level of cool versus silly, right? Mm, and I'm on the silly side, but can't wait. I'd love to see. <laughs> I'd love to see him fly in live action. <laughs> it might be really terrifying. Uh, another round of comparing something to Mary Poppins in Star Wars, right? <laughs> I mean, you guys thought multi brightly colored scooters were a problem. Wait till the general public sees someone fly with a lightsaber. 
It is going to be an event in Star Wars land. Uh, Okay, so we're going to talk about some conceptual stuff as well as get into some more specifics. Uh, How do you feel about this idea that stylized animation characters, uh, locations, even weapons and vehicles sometimes should actually not be exactly the same in live action. Uh, the, there's lots of quotes from Filoni talking about the the Darksaber in particular. Like, that's mm. the stylized... Like, I know you're adapting it from that source, and it's its only existing source, but when we bring it into live action, it should be different because everything in Clone Wars is stylized. And then that, mm. of course, you know, extends to a lot of the characters' uh, character designs as well to bring them into the quote-unquote uh, uh, live action real world. How do you feel about that theory? I I I think I've I'll start with the different just animation styles themselves, and I think I really grew to love that. Though sometimes I maybe wish they were all in the same ballpark. But Clone Wars slash Bad Batch Rebels Resistance, not counting the the micro shows here, but even Forces Destiny has a different look. Uh, and the and the and the Star Wars Adventures ones on Star Wars Kids. You know, sometimes they seem far apart, but I. I've grown to embrace it, uh, you know, that there is Clone Wars Obi-Wan, there's Resistance Poe, Rebels Maul. And so to flow, let flowing into the concept of live action, I, I I kind of like it. It leads to different figures. It leads to different versions of our favorite characters. And this is not a one-to-one kind of comparison, but I'd like to mention before, Douglas Adams believed anytime Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was told in a different medium, it needed to be different story-wise, mm. plot-wise. Mm. Uh, including him adding uh, the the angle of Arthur Dent and Trillian being in a romantic relationship in the movie version before uh, then, of course, he passes away before it comes out. That came from him. He just felt, no, it's a different medium. It works differently for radio, for books, for a Commodore 64 game that I played. It should mm-hmm. be a little different from time to time. So I kind of like that energy for design. Everyone's making the jokes about, you know, we've even referenced it here about Dooku's face and Clone Wars versus Christopher <laughs> Lee's face. It's just kind of the way it should be. You know, you do want to fight for a little bit, uh, you know, of accuracy. Again, the, the fifth brother, but we got this wonderful performer, Sung Kang. So you're not going to, you don't want to hide his face any more than he already is in that design. So I, I'm open to what they're going to present to us. So I just kind of like the energy that it's a different medium. Let's bring a different kind of art style to it. Yeah, I really like that approach. To me, that that makes sense of like, if everything is, has been designed to fit this aesthetic, uh, then it should be redesigned to fit this other aesthetic. And I don't mean like totally change what it is, but I, I think it's more about like interpretation. Um, I even think about some of the artwork in the Star Wars comics. Like I kind of like it when it's a little bit more stylized, particularly like there's a run in uh, in the Marvel Star Wars where it's a lot of like the real photorealistic almost, uh, that kind that style yeah. where you can like say like, ah, that this panel of Han, I know which promo shot that is, or I know what shot mm-hmm, from the mm-hmm. film it, you know. Um, and again, as always, things are taste based. So no offense to that artist or no offense to people who prefer that. But as an example, I don't like it being as photorealistic. It's a it's the comic book medium. So I'd rather it be a little stylized. I still want to like when I open it, I yeah. want to have no doubt that's Luke Skywalker I'm looking at. But I also yeah. want it to be like a comic book Luke Skywalker that's in the overall style of this artist, you know, this human that it's passing through. You know? I, I, yeah, I like that as an example. Uh, the the Leia comic run, the early, early one, the five issue run, which we meet Evan Verlaine and everything. It's very comic 
like its own, it's a comic book style, classic style to me versus there's some shots of that are, are Carrie Fisher in the Poe Dameron art. You know, it's just, it's just so photorealistic that it actually, that one in, in that issue 14, I always talk about, it's an emotional gut punch because I'm staring at Carrie Fisher after she passed away in that arc. But I, mm. I like that. It, Dr. Afra, uh, she's been around for so long now. Thank God, such a great character, but a lot of different, she looks different from some, from some runs to other runs to me, depending on who the artist is. And I enjoy all of them. there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, uh, that, that is a great point about Hitchhikers too, about like things should kind of adapt a little bit medium to medium. And then I think there is a little bit of, um, I don't know, uh, uh, be careful what you wish for maybe, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. like with the grand inquisitor, like, yep. Uh, already established on screen as well uh I, a team team taller head that would have been great if it worked obviously yeah, yeah. we'll talk about the reasons that it might not have uh but i don't want i wouldn't want the grand inquisitor to look exactly like he does in animation the same way like if we meet live action ezra i don't want him in a skin tight suit that he had in animation mm-hmm. because they didn't want to have the extra expense of flowing clothes so everybody's clothes are skin yeah. tight you know, yeah. uh, I don't need Ezra to be in a skin tight jumpsuit because that was the style mm-hmm. uh, in reality of that animation. You know, I want it to mm. to adapt in because I guess my point is there's some things that you could take from the animation that like we would not want them that way in live action. Yeah. Christopher Lee's jawline. Duke's yes. jawline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm having fun nightmares thinking about that great mm-hmm. uh, image of his photorealistic head uh, shaped with Clone Wars proportions. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So for yourself, then, when they do make these changes, how do you reconcile a change in a species that isn't just being, uh, you know, adapted from animation, but a species that's already been established in live action, in particular, Trigrudas like Ahsoka and Pounds or Pounds like uh, the Grand Inquisitor? How do you deal with that? I start here. Do you remember the old Facebook layouts? No. Remember, remember when everyone would just lose their minds because Facebook changed their interface? I don't remember what the old ones look like. Uh, and this is where I try to, I don't want to sound dismissive or, or just uh, laissez-faire towards the overall conversation. I just With the Ahsoka one, it just fades in the background for me. It, it really does. And, and I just focus on what's what's there in front of me. And I, I always joke, I'm a simple guy. Like I like pop rock. Give me three chords in the truth. Uh, I'm not here for prog rock and, and hitting all the notes. That's why I'm not a giant sting fan either. Uh, I, I just like rock and roll, baby. So I, I just, I, 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 it just becomes what the standard is for me. I do want them to hit that level of accuracy. We are going to be talking about that more, but I, you know, I, I just think, you know, going to, to, to the grand inquisitor, he's, he's, he doesn't have like a head of hair and he's orange. Right. They're, they're, they're playing, they're painting with the same paints here on the board. They're just, it's just a little different. And then, so I, I just kind of give, give, give them that room again. If yeah. I'm being honest. Yeah. I think for me, there's the, I, I accept the real world of, you know, some of the examples in, in these cases like Shakti and Tion Madun. Um, I accept that those are characters who are, play a conversational role they're sitting and standing and <laughs> walking or maybe posing with the lightsaber but not they're not doing huge action uh they aren't one of the main characters so they are supporting a ton of the scene with their face uh tion madun does uh but it's still it's he's he's slowly walking and talking yeah. he's not terrifyingly <laughs> hunting people down and then it's also fun. for me there's the, uh, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I don't have a ton of on-screen experience as an actor. I have a massive ton of experience as an actor for the stage. And, you know, 
actor comfort <laughs> is mm-hmm. a factor, right? Uh, when you're yeah. in, when you have to wear something that is physically painful, uh, that is a factor, right? And and mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, if, if some of this is like, how much can we put on Rupert Friend's head? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if, from a, how much we want to show his face, how much we want him to be mobile, but also like physical comfort, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, no, that's, I mean, look, to be honest, forget uh, good old Tion, but like Inquisitor's face, the design of the face, it's, it's not human. Like it's, it's, the cheeks are longer. The nose is longer. Everything's kind of longer. You can't stretch out this guy's face much more, I don't think. So, and as far as, again, go to the example of Bruce Spence, it's beautiful. It's beautiful design. He can barely move his head. <laughs> he's got that he does have that that uh the coat is a little a little hold, yeah. head holder right yeah a little head cozy he, he's he's clony batman he's just like uh <laughs> and shock t wasn't fighting you know what i mean like we, we don't have a ton with shock t and, and a lot of things in those films you know uh are probably more digitally enhanced than we want to admit or, or think looking back though again some are more practical than we give them credit for too so yeah uh, yeah and I, I mean, for me, one of the fun things about Star Wars is you don't want to be doing it all the time, but headcanon can be fun, right? Um, mm-hmm, we've seen mm-hmm. so much of this in, in, in books and comics and where people are kind of like, well, it turns out there's a reason for that. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it really adds a lot. I think the um, the headcanon that Leia's, which has actually showed up in some some written materials now of that, that Leia's memories of her mother are force visions of her mm-hmm. youth, not that pad like that's that's rich and beautiful right yeah, yeah. so sometimes they're great so for me like some of the things is like yeah n- maybe maybe not every uh, member of the species looks exactly the same mm-hmm. uh maybe travel <laughs> affects them you know does, yeah. do emotions affect uh to grew to montrals <laughs> you know yeah yeah whatever yeah, no, uh yeah. does time travel affect them you know <laughs> yeah world between worlds yeah look i, I think i've seen some uh, wonderful uh, thoughts and ideas and headcanon stuff going around and and i can get behind that stuff too to, to your original question of how can i reconcile some of these uh changes it could be that and you know i'm not going to say it as flippantly as ahsoka got a haircut because those are part yeah. of her actual body but you know what i mean like <laughs> things can happen painful. yeah you know who knows what happened out there on her missions and and i think i think there's always room for storytelling opportunities again because the they're all so close enough. They're close enough, even yeah. when they're different. Again, the, the Grand Inquisitor does look different, but he's close enough. He doesn't have a buzz cut, you know. He doesn't have. He doesn't look like John Cena. He's he's, he's and I love Cena, but like you know, it, it, it's it's there. I want to see what they're going to do with that style. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so in other genre stories, there are sometimes wild divergences in appearances. Uh, for example, the Klingons in Star Trek. You know, if you're not a big Star Trek fan in the original series, uh, the Klingons are uh, people who have kind of pointy beards. <laughs> and then they want to amp up uh, for the the films and they, they become the Klingons that we know with the really uh, big uh, bony structured heads. And then even in the Star Trek discovery, the first season, there's a, another revamping of Klingons. And in, in the history of Star Trek, there's everything from, you know, books uh, having convoluted, you know, reasoning to there's a great episode of deep space nine where the character Worf just makes a joke about the way Klingons used to look in the original series and just says, we don't speak of that. <laughs> and it's just handled with just a joke. Um, so, my point is Star Wars is not alone in this. And in, in, mm-hmm. in fact, I saw, I think I saw a meme of, you know, Star Trek fans being like, 
oh, are there some differences? <laughs> I, I weep in Klingon that, uh, that the Grand Inquisitor's head is not high enough. Uh, do you have a different attitude towards Star Wars than other properties? I do. I actually really do. And this is why I get the conversations in Star Wars, but I love that you brought up Star Trek stuff. There's other things out there. You know, um, some of those live action G.I. Joe movies, I was really looking forward to seeing what they could do with this franchise. And I think they needed to modernize some of the storytelling in it, but some of the designs, the early Cobra Commander stuff didn't work for me. I understood why they explained why they wanted to change the look of him. Um, It just didn't work for me. So, you know, and I hope they Quite frankly, I hope they never end up making those live action Robotech movies that have been rumored for years with different people behind them. Um, because I have some amazingly high expectations of what my Robotech characters need to look like on screen. And I just almost don't want to deal with that. Uh, <laughs> House of the Dragon needs to be its own thing. But I want it to feel like the same world I've lived in on HBO since 2011. Same with some of the new Lord of Rings stuff coming up. So I get it. It's property, uh, property by property for me. But Star Wars is kind of built on itself kind of creates its own high standards. It all has to kind of feel the same to me. Uh, uh, and I, again, that goes back to why I think it all kind of feels the same. Might look, the edges might look a little different, but we we are so pulled in by that lived in world by the, the original trilogy or whenever you get into Star Wars, that it, 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 I, I understand the need for for accuracy and understand some of the, the complaints, um, you know, for that. Yeah, I think uh, I I think the like one that really does um, hit me is, uh, you know, when I've seen people tweeting about like they have an emotional investment in a narrative thing that like the Togruta's uh, Montrol Leku uh, grow with age. That That's like a that's mm-hmm. an idea, right? It's an idea. So people have made a connection with an idea. It's not just an aesthetic thing. And I really appreciate that. And I really understand that. Um, and I want that kind of uh, continuity too right yeah um if if obi-wan's lightsaber in obi-wan kenobi just kind of looked real different just because like yeah i would be really annoyed (laughs) yeah Uh, but in general i think when characters change a little bit from medium to medium adaptation to adaptation i'm more forgiving for star Mm -hmm. wars because i do approach it as a myth that is a big Mm -hmm. part of my my fandom is that I do get, I get, get hung up on specific canon things. If there's an idea that's introduced, I really want it followed through or I don't want it, you know, devalued. But um, I always approach Star Wars as these are stories being told. And I large, whoever is saying to me a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I pretty much trust that, that storyteller. But I kind of feel like maybe one person sat me down and told me the Skywalker saga and uh, this other storyteller is telling me the tale of the Mandalorian, right? And, and for me, because I'm looking at it from that sort of storytelling frame, from that mythic frame, uh, it makes sense to me that the visions might differ, that there might be a little bit, uh, th- that the soul is the same, but the details shift just a little, including mm-hmm. the appearance. I think that makes me way more accepting mm. of of changes in in Star Wars, whereas like Star Trek has some wild stuff in it, right? I mean, yeah. floating Abraham Lincoln heads and look, like there's right. a ton of wild stuff in Star Trek, and there always has been. But it is this vision of this could be our future, right? Mm-hmm. So then, when like eh, this entire species has a different head, <laughs> yeah. you almost do want to like, what happened? It can be a space anomaly, but do tell me what happened, you know? <laughs> uh, whereas Star Wars, I feel like it's this is this is a different chapter. This is a different 
part of the myth is more the way I feel. And I understand that does not work for everyone, but that's the way I feel. Yeah, no, I think that generally works for me. I I really like what you're saying, though, about um, like the the Montreal's kind of representing part of the story, not just the character. And that's where I keep saying I I don't want to be dismissive. That's where I'm really connecting with a lot of people who I talked to some of the Soka fans and it wasn't just the look. It was like what it means. And we are so behind that here at Force Center. And I, and I agree with that. I just, I just think of, of even in season one of Mando, some of the, well, wait a minute. What's going on with these Mandos in the way and the masks? And it allowed us to explore that a little bit more. And, and they got there. And I think that's not necessarily one-to-one comparison to physical appearance. Uh, Mando season one put an idea out there. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm more interested to, to follow that journey. Uh, and see where Star Wars wants to take some of that stuff, and what does that mean? What could it mean for Ahsoka for that if if they want to choose to explain the difference? Yeah, and every once in a while it ends up being a storytelling gift. You know, maybe this time it isn't because it's about the yeah. practical, you know, ability to and, move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and, yeah. Um, and I love I love the Star Trek stuff. He's like, is this my? Uh, I am a casual Star Trek fan over the years, but definitely I have an uneducated view on on the history of it. I, I just. I've always looked at that as as, as a franchise got a chance to re- literally come back from the dead, right? And the movies yeah. were a rebirth in a different era with a different budget, different goals. And Wrath of Khan introduced me to Star Trek. I'd seen the shows. The reruns are kind of a memory. My dad would watch them in syndication. But Wrath of Khan was my introduction to Star Trek. So I, I love that. And I love the version. I didn't worry about it because I, I saw that. And it was like, oh, well, that... Just imagine if Star Wars was came out in 1968 as a weekly television show, and Jabba is a man in a suit that looks like Sid and Marty Croft designed him. Like, <laughs> imagine George going, "Hey, that was dead. I get a chance to reboot this all again for a different time, different era." That's how I look at the Star Trek one. Yeah, Wrath of Khan is a great entry in into Star Trek. Uh, mm. Long, long story there too. Uh, yeah. it, Khan Khan says he met Chekhov, which he didn't, uh, with the line. I never forget a face <laughs> and he didn't meet Chekhov in the, uh, in the episode space seed where Khan yeah. was introduced. So even then there, there's always, there's always yep. something, no matter what you're a fan of, there's always something and, to gnash your teeth about. Absolutely. Ricardo Montalban looked a little different from the show to the movie. I would say. I, uh, yes, there were some, yes, some uh, changes in general chest dynamics. I would say, <laughs> Anyway, uh, maybe we'll talk about Rathacon sometime, one of my very favorites. So because the tone of Star Wars discussion online has been heated a lot, uh, do you think it is harder for us to just joke about these kinds of surface details? Because, you know, like, like we're saying, we want to have a lot of respect for some of the Ahsoka stuff, which really, you know, it is about how people have connected to the to the character and the idea and other Trigruta characters and the storytelling and all that. But like with Grand Inquisitor at this point, there is a kind of a, there's a level of fun to it Mm -hmm. but there's also a level of it can be hard online to understand like are are people just kind of tweeting off the cuff or are are Mm -hmm. people really mad you know Uh, and that makes it kind of harder we're joking around and trying to be respectful at the same time do you think that's do you think it's harder to just joke around right now it it is and this is something i come back to a lot it's 100 harder i constantly struggle with it i feel sometimes i've lost my star wars sense of humor which is uh, it shouldn't be because it's, it's part of the reason my love for Star Wars grew is those inside jokes and, and all those things. And and look, also, I think the Grand uh, Inquisitor, as seen in that trailer, looks like an uncooked dumpling. And uh, <laughs> But I, I still want to see him in action. Uh, it, this came up in our live chat recently, our, our first ever live Q&A. Unfortunately, our, our good pal Brian Ward, designer extraordinaire, was like, look, I actually 
he said in comments, I, I actually love the somehow Palpatine came back line. I love that Rise of Skywalker. I still love making jokes about it. And he made some great memes that go out there. Some of them go viral of, of somehow Blank came back. And I and I ha- I read that comment because I was like, I wasn't, I started to get too serious about it. I was like, does Brian Ward hate this? I love Brian. <laughs> Brian's our pal. <laughs> and it was like, so I have to remind myself to pull back and 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 allow my uh, my other friend to go, eh, God, Inquisitors look silly. That's okay. It's okay. It, this is a silly world, and and I love celebrating all of it. Yeah, I, I think I'm in that same place of you know, um, this is definitely a a time you're alive thing. Like in uh, 2003, if somebody made a joke about uh, stormtroopers always missing, I didn't once for a second think that person hates the original trilogy. <laughs> right. Yes. You know. Yes. But as soon as the prequels came out, any joke about the prequels from from uh people my own age at the time were definitely a if we're making a joke about anakin and sand it is further evidence that this is bad right mm-hmm. um and like there's so many great prequel memes from people who love prequels but i wasn't exposed to that until internet where people like you know love to you know what is the actual proper uh you know uh you know response to uh hello there and that kind of thing um all those great memes uh but going then into the sequel era in the modern version of social media where tone is very hard to mm-hmm. convey uh where sometimes people are both angry and making a joke or just making a joke out of a sense of fun and it's all so hard to navigate and you don't know you know if somebody is making a joke about the sequel trilogy is it just in good faith fun or is it evidence that you know this laundry list of of sins that's so hard uh, to navigate. It is, yeah, in a lot of different ways. Uh, even even sides of my humor, uh, humor should always grow and change. You and I've talked about that too. But even sometimes, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, you got to be got to be careful. And by the way, you should be careful. But it, to to tr- translate it to Star Wars, you're so right. Sometimes, yeah, it just seems like an opening statement of someone who's going to tear down the film you love, and maybe it's not. <laughs> and that's just not fair of me to be like, how dare you make that joke? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would love to make uh, some somehow Palpatine return jokes. I, I have yeah. no problem with Palpatine returning. I, I kind of think that there is probably a more elegant way uh, to say that, to not open it up uh, to mm-hmm. memification. But also it feels like I, I kind of like that line being in Rise of Skywalker because there are a lot of prequel lines like that of like, yeah, for me yeah. that could have been maybe phrased in a more elegant way and it and i so i like i both want to poke fun at it and i love it and i don't want to poke fun at it and have it turn into a a, i get a thousand replies that are saying yep rise of skywalker sucks because that's not my point yeah 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 and i think a great example of this that i did just want to be sure to shout out because it's so a part of the conversation we had that uh the person i i I apologize i did not uh remember to look up uh, who it was but the person made that fun cad bane video game or video game, a uh, video of uh-huh. here, here are the different alterations of what Cad Bane might've looked like in live action. And the person was doing it from a place of fun and then got clickbaited into an article who said the fan has fixed it. And then a bunch of people got mad. And it's yeah. such a perfect example of what we're talking about, where it, it it's, if you're putting something out there on social media, you got to be like super crystal clear. And even then someone mm-hmm. might take it as um, you're not just having fun or what ifing you are criticizing. 
Yeah, well, uh, sorry, well, this goes into this, but like I've always had that that war with fan edits or fan films, which is often not f- fair of me. Where some people just want to make things because they have a passion for Star Wars, they know they're not gonna get it in theater. They just they want to take some friends on a weekend and shoot something, and from that starting point, it turns into, you know, ah, see, this is so much better. Ray should have had nineteen Force Ghosts helping her, and then I get to, and then that starts this other discussion. <laughs> At the end of the day, someone's like, oh, I just made a fan edit because I like Star Wars, you know, and it's like it's case by case basis, and and that's where I, I'm speaking to myself if I'm constantly struggling with this in this era, and the Grand Inquisitor thing kind of flows into that. It is, it is look a little weird. He does look like I said an uncooked dumpling, but. Uh, I don't want that to take away from uh, what I uh, my hope and love for the series. Yeah, well, maybe there's a little bit of hope here because there's something about the Grand Inquisitor thing where I'm feeling like um, I I kind of like it. I'm very excited to see how it it plays out. I think once the character is you know really emoting and hunting, I think people are going to come around to it more because I think he's going to be terrifying. And at the same time, it's really fun that that we're wrestling with how tall should the mean spaceman's head be? And I want to have a sense of humor <laughs> about it too, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, I, his lines of dialogue are, are part of my favorite things I've seen so far or heard so far, yeah. I should say so. Absolutely. Great. All right. We're going to take a, a quick break and then we're going to get into a few uh, more of the specifics and talk about different appearance changes that we wrestled with or didn't at all. We'll be back in a moment. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And we are back to continue our discussion of changing appearances in Star Wars. Uh, not being a master of disguise, although I'd be happy to see that in Star Wars too. Uh, but changes from adaptation to adaptation and medium to medium. Uh, Ken, how do you feel about the live-action look of some of the other big ones? We talked about Grand Inquisitor a lot, but how do you feel about personally about Ahsoka, Cad Bane, Black Crescent? Really love the Black Crescent one that uh, was might be the most accurate one yet, right? Uh, yeah, the only Chrysanthem, uh, you know, adaptation criticism that I've seen so far is the action figure where it looks like he's just <laughs> really not been eaten well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the Cad Bane one, including the changes, smaller hat, whatever, whatever you want to throw at me. Love the Cad Bane one. I thought that was, even though we've seen, uh, there, there again is example of we've seen Duros in live action, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, George will remind you. I just thought that was it really worked where where it retained retained the essence of being an animated character, right? It almost looked mm-hmm. like animation come to life, but still worked in this uh, very uh, realistic environment. So I really love those ones. The Ahsoka one, I think, in the end of the day, becomes a big win for me, only because I think the way it's presented, I, I really think um, Rosario Dawson kind of feels, acts, and moves like the character. I know some people have said, uh, you know. Uh, the, the 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 voices everything's kind of throws them off. Um, I think at the end of the day, when you, when you I, I really think there was some homework in how to make that work. So then it all kind of um, comes together to where the design does feel an accurate depiction of Ahsoka in this time in her life for me. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement across the board. Chrysanthemum is great. Um, I really love Cad Bane. He, Cad Bane feels like in some ways to me like the perfect, like let's retain the spirit of this character uh, from the animation while making like some proportion changes that make sense and are good mm-hmm. for the performer. And I mean, uh, absolutely, I, I keep calling him nightmare fuel. It is partially mm-hmm. just because he looks so alien, but so sort of uh, believable in that the larger emphasis on those teeth mm-hmm. and that lip curl, right? Mm-hmm. It just gets all the sort of like the ferocity of that yeah. character across. So I, I love that Cad Bane is a great to me adaptation from the animation. And then uh, with Ahsoka, like I, I just kind of feel like, I am grateful to have the character in live action. I am grateful to have the character be moving and flowing. And if that meant needing to kind of find a way to compromise a little bit mm-hmm. in some ways, that that's fine for me. Uh, ultimately, again, with all due respect to people who are bothered by it. But I also feel like uh, for me, the performance 
and in particular the body language of Ahsoka mm-hmm. is really really good. Um, the mm-hmm. the style of fighting I remember even in the Jedi episode where uh, obviously she is not going to do the level of athletics that Ahsoka does in the Clone Wars because that would literally break a human's legs into some of the poses. <laughs> uh, and I say that as somebody uh, whose uh, wife is a modern dancer and has watched a lot of dance, humans yeah. can't do some of the things that Ahsoka does in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, and uh, but th- but it's still there. It's st- like there's mm-hmm. that moment where like she kind of does the foot leap off the wall for one of yeah. her lightsaber strikes uh, in the Jedi uh, episode of Mandalorian. Um, there's that hand gesture that she does in her appearance in Book of Boba Fett that is straight out of the Clone Wars. So I feel like there's so much attention to the body language. There's so much love for the character that uh, I, I that I ultimately am am on board. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How would you feel if they continue to adapt uh, her her head, <laughs> uh, and it mm. starts to change from show to show? Would you be Would you yeah. be happy if it got a little bit uh, if her mm-hmm. uh, Montreal Leku were a little bit more accurate, or we were like just keep it the same? No, I actually wouldn't mind that at all. If 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 uh, you know they find a way to make it practical, because I forget some of the talking points around it, but what, what they kind of realized in production, maybe production that, Hey, the design, the longer Montreal's aren't going to work. Uh, I, I can't find any quotes on it in my brain right now, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about. I mean, they talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So if they were to find a, a way like, Hey, upon, you know, more time, things got better. We found a bit, way to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd be open to it. Awesome. Awesome. We're open to Ahsoka changes. Big news. Uh, so, in the movies alone, we've had multiple interpretations of Yoda. Where do you land on original The Phantom Menace puppet Yoda? Are you are you a fan? Uh, do you have nightmares? <laughs> Where are you no. at with the puppet Yoda from Phantom Menace? I, I miss him. He was great. Hey, he was great. I mean, his, you know, his mouth didn't always move when he when he was talking. He was a little bloated, like he had too much salt down at Dex's diner. But he was younger. No, I actually like it. And I, I told the story. If it wasn't very recently, within the last couple of years, that I finally got the uh, DVD. The upgraded ones, right? And the whole D- the DVD set. Uh, I had I had had the original DVDs, uh, well, Blu-ray. I should say Blu-rays, and I had the original mm-hmm. DVDs. And I remember telling you, I was like, I totally forgot that they redid Phantom Menace Yoda. I still have the puppet version. I was still watching the puppet version years in the four set, <laughs> and forgot, just forgot. I know, you know, obviously, Attack of Clones, Revenge of the Sith, it's different. I I kind of like them because of that. It only only because it's uh, maybe a little bit of a nostalgia connection to to Empire Strikes Back, but. Uh, I, I like the updates. Uh, I, I liked uh, technology changing it and then a little bit more consistency is, is fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that even though they were really, really went to all this great work in Last Jedi to to get kind of original Yoda back, he still looks a little different to me. And I feel like mm-hmm. he's fine. It's it's time. It's lighting. It's, you know, it's yeah. so many things uh, going on. Um, and the the CGI Yoda uh, versus the puppet Yoda in the prequels, like th- those are also some some swings, right? I mean, there's no yeah. denying that uh, I love every moment of Yoda in the prequels, and like, yeah, he's he's CGI, and like, but then there's also I'm, we're talking about live action, but then Clone Wars Rebels, Rebels, he's real weird. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. It's a yes. real big swing on Yoda. Um, but I'm I'm so fascinated by puppet Yoda because I was thrilled to just that Yoda was in it. I, the puppet was never is sort of magical as the Empire Strikes Back puppet to me. He always yeah. looked a little like, yeah, it's like he wasn't that much younger, but they really wanted to show it. But the, there's something mm-hmm. about the that Phantom Menace puppet Yoda always looks like he's trying 
to pretend he's younger than he is? <laughs> like he's had some work done or something? <laughs> Which is his choice to make. But uh, yes, it was uh, it was a little different. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Aging yeah. happens fast, kids. Trust me. You'll look in the mirror one day and go, oh, I am my age. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, there's just something about him. He always looks a little shocked. I mean, he's shocked a lot, uh, yeah. you know, by, by Qui-Gon uh, in Phantom Menace. But it, it, there, there is this, like, he's got this vibe, like he's your your hip grandpa who's trying to use current lingo, right? He's like, he's like six years too late. He's trying to go like, oh, you're going to Netflix and chill? <laughs> Careful. That's dangerous territory. I just was reminded this weekend of my, one of my favorite kids in the hall sketches that he's hip, he's cool, he's 45. And uh, I had a real <laughs> emotional breakdown realizing I'm there. Oh, my God. It happens to all of us, including <laughs> the people who made that sketch, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm also fascinated with Puppet Yoda just to be because I wonder um, if there's going to be a point where he's going to, you know, if younger people grow up and they just they watch. What do you mean own a disc? of yeah. star wars that's on disney plus why would i ever own a disc and like if there's going to be articles 10 years from now of like shocking mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. people discover yoda there was a puppet of yoda in the phantom menace yeah yeah <laughs> he might slip into the cracks of history yeah <laughs> uh so talking about overall changing appearances oh i'm sorry did you have more yoda no thoughts? no i'm just i just I love having this conversation 2022 about puppet yoda from 99 it's great i love it it's it's, it's such a fun thing. Good times. Good times, old Puppet Yoda. Old young Puppet Yoda. Uh, so let's talk about the big picture animation style because there's obviously incredibly different styles of animation in some of the animated shows. Did the animation style of Clone Wars, Rebels, or Resistance ever bother you? And if so, how did you get past it? Clone Wars did. Clone Wars did in the beginning, but, you know, in the but you... You know, they made these giant leaps to get to where they are in season seven, which is just breathtaking, it's jaw-dropping, the stuff they accomplished in, in season seven of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So you don't get there without that starting point. And, and those blocky, silly-looking designs, which turned uh, a lot of people off. And I, I, it didn't turn me didn't turn me off. You know, the, the, the Tartakovsky ones were their own thing in, in, in such a classic kind of 2D style. Yeah. So I think I had a little bit of, well, why can't we just continue that? Uh, and you go back and watch that Clone Wars movie now. It, it it's it looks it looks a little old, looks a little basic. But uh, I I just it all has faded in the background, you know. For that one there, that one. Day. Resistance I think is just gorgeous. And I kind of, I kind of would wouldn't mind more shows to be in that style. And Rebels stands out to me. It's its own kind of thing we can discuss. But yeah, the Clone Wars is the ones that I had the biggest problem with at first. Yeah, I think that I think the two D Clone Wars. Uh, got me past any bumps I would have because it was like so stylized, right? Like, um, Kenobi's yeah. got the big beard. Uh, Dooku is mm-hmm. is very stylized there. So I think uh, I kind of accepted the three D because it's like, well, look, it's 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 Lucas and he's gonna play with tech, and mm-hmm. and I got kind of uh, um, gently brought to <laughs> just the overall style uh, of yeah. like faces and bodies uh, in stylized look from. Uh, the 2D to the 3D, not that there aren't differences, but there's, they're like, we're not trying to be photorealistic, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So that never bothered me. And then, yeah, the technology just keeps getting better and better. And at this point, Bad Batch is just bonkers, beautiful every episode. Yeah. Uh, totally agree on resistance. That, that was uh, many things I loved about this show, that show, but just the, the look, it's mm. kind of, for me, kind of perfect for Star Wars that uh, cell animation is great stuff 
yeah. I struggled with rebels. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. In particular, like I, I understand the, the let's kind of, instead of cherry picking Macquarie, let's kind of go with the overall aesthetic is Macquarie. Right. Yeah. Um, but as a part of that, the lightsabers being thinner, just that will never be my favorite. It's just one of those little things that uh, for me, I just kind of, it, it, it always makes me feel uh, like I do in Photoshop when I make an adjustment. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a little bit too much in the wrong way. And there's a part of me that always just like wants to go in and find the tool and just widen the lightsabers <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Even yeah. though I totally understand the visual and style language for mm-hmm. it. It's just one of those uh, little things that, like, I have to let go of. I have to go. That's not my favorite, but um, I don't want to let it, uh, it ruin all the greatness for me. So I'm going to yeah. try to let it go. You know? No, I, 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 it stands out more than any of them. I think, I think perhaps I braced it early. Um, it's very much its own thing. You know, Vader is different. It's, it's, it's the classic Macquarie design, right? It, it is it's that, and so I think I love that. I love the homage. Um, I don't. No, like, you know, I, I don't know if I'd want, I'd rather have a show look like Resistance than Rebels, but Rebels is great. It, 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 it's beautiful. Um, there, See, there again, Joseph, I'm def- trying to pre-defend myself. Lest someone <laughs> yes. think I don't love Rebels. Rebels has some of my absolute favorite Star Wars storytelling in it. Uh, yeah, so I, it's, I don't, I, I guess, I don't, do you feel at all, is it too, is that too baked in nostalgia? It's a dangerous line to cross sometimes where it's too much like it's those, it's the, uh, the, the postcards you used to collect as a kid. Whereas like say book of Boba Fett is like, Hey, remember that one shot of the Tuscan Raider kind <laughs> of thing? We're doing that, but it's totally different. It's live action. Like, I don't know. No, I think it's just totally, totally subjective. I think mm-hmm. that it, I, I think as a guiding principle to like, look, we're, we're uh, striking out. We're making this new animation, kind of the, some of the first storytelling that people are seeing from Disney Lucasfilm. Uh, let's make this strong choice that, that is both old and new, right? Cause it's based in this Macquarie uh, art style across the mm-hmm. board, but that's kind of new for live action. So it is the old and new at once kind of love the general Macquarie mission mm-hmm. statement. Yeah. It's yeah. just this totally subjective personal thing that, it, it makes the lightsabers feel a little less substantive uh, mm. to me. Um, and lightsabers change all the time too. I mean, that's another thing we talk about in films, the, you know, the, the depth of the blue in the Skywalker blade changes, whether or not it has a mm. point or is rounded changes in the live action film. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, lightsabers changing is not uh, totally unique to animated. Um, but it's it's just it's the lightsabers. It's nothing else. It's just the lightsabers <laughs> mm, mm, mm. for me. How about you? Is it for you? Is it? Do you think it uh, was leaning into nostalgia or or going I, I, to the Macquarie well too deeply? I don't think it was for me personally, but I, I can understand if it's how 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 I've described the book of Boba Fett's style as stubborn, which I've said before mm-hmm. on and off air to people like. I think Rebels is like, here's, you called a mission statement. Excellent way to look at it. Here's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're paying homage to this thing. And, um, I, you know, I can understand if that's too much for some, some people. Cause again, it was, it was very different at the beginning. You, you mentioned lightsabers. I mentioned Vader, but it was very different. Even the stormtroopers had a different feel and look, but it's, it's stormtroopers, right? Again, going back to my earlier statement, it's, it's in, the, it's on the same playing field. <laughs> yeah. Stormtroopers didn't have like triangle heads and stuff like that. It was it was the stormtroopers we love, um, and I I think I I love the spirit of it. Uh, and other people might not. You know, again, if if 
if you're a prequel kid, you, you might not care about the Macquarie stuff as much as, as we do. I don't know. I don't know that answer. Um, I, just, I can only go from my perspective. I think it was, I think it was just right, but I understand if it was too much. Yeah. And I mean, I think the palette in those main characters being, you know, in general, much brighter than sometimes the palette of Star Wars is uh, for main characters. That was a big swing, too. It's funny you mention that. I I, I had a bigger problem with the, the colors. And I think I've even said that on old either Force Centers or, or maybe, again, the Jedi Alliance days where, where Maud and I didn't initially take to the shows as as we think. I think we both eventually got with the show. I brought up the colors. So there are colors, scooters. Space, uh, space punks. But I, yeah, I remember thinking, I don't know. It's, I got, it was a quote unquote kids show and you're going a little different design and aesthetic, but I just felt even the crew, the ghost wouldn't fit into uh Hoth base uh, and uh, mm-hmm. echo base. You know what I mean? And, and I don't know if you know if I agree with myself now, but I think that just, it stood out. It, it took that kind of big swing. Yeah. I think the thing for me is just, yeah, it was kind of a big swing, uh, but it all worked out. And there are people whose entry point to Star Wars is Rebels, and they are probably like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, This is absolutely Star Wars to me because it's the first Star Wars, so I didn't wrestle with that. I, you know, maybe people had the opposite of like, has anyone in Hoth Echo Base ever heard of colors? <laughs> right, right, right. Get some orange in there, Rican. come on, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it is all about uh, where you start. And I think now that that palette is there, you know, I like seeing it uh, in, in other places as well. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. Look, I had, I had a conversation at a, at a gathering this weekend with uh, two uh, younger generation Star Wars fans. And uh, one was a Star Wars fan and, and, and she was trying to um, say, she was like, I, I was my roommate and I inter- tried to introduce her to Star Wars and she's not taken to it. And one of the reasons I, I find I can't share the original trilogy with uh, my generation first. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was, you know, well, why? I wasn't like, why? I was like, oh, why? And she's like, well, it just, it just, it just looks so bad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, there, yeah, I guess, yeah, it was made in, you know, you, the, was made in a different time. <laughs> so it was made in a different time with different technology. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and when you're, you're trying to bring people in, you know, you, you got to do what you can to bring them in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, my, the end of the day, my ultimate lightsaber test is, you know, like, uh, I, I want to share and be honest that sometimes there's something that on a subject, subjective level just bugs me. But when I think about that Kenobi and Maul fight, which is one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars, I am always so busy engaging with the scene and the characters and Obi-Wan changing stances is one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. And I don't think about, you know, my lightsaber uh, mm-hmm. pedantry at all i think about that scene you know and that's kind of like the test for me is hey it's fine to have different opinions about surface things is my opinion about a surface thing holding me back from enjoying what's there and like that's that's my jedi trial when it comes to uh lightsabers and rebels so like nope doesn't doesn't hold me back uh rewatch trial of the dark saber uh well during book of boba fett and didn't hold me back at all you know yeah exactly so is there a change or a different style of a character or anything in all of Star Wars storytelling that has shifted around that you love, that you actually like this different interpretation? Uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I kind of struggle to find a specific answer here. I kind of Can I answer Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo? <laughs> I, think, I think that's valid. <laughs> There's something about that, too. I'm trying to think, though, I was, this is a gut reaction answer to me, and I tell you, tell you what, I rewatched the live-action Cad Bane intro I rewatched it like 10 times on just <laughs> that sequence because I loved it so much. Everything about it, the the Western vibe, the music, the bad guy comes into town, all those reasons. But I just, the voice, Corey Burton do the voice, loved it. I loved it. 
and uh, yeah, that's why also when that stuff broke off uh, about the the different the differences and everything. I wasn't there for those conversations because I just I really liked that live action version of this character. I've always loved in animation. I think that is a great answer. Uh, for me, I'm going to do a little bit of a, a of a celebrating Rebels as well. I love Vader in Rebels. Um, clearly a stylized take, right? With the the much uh, arched, more arched eyes, you know, and the sharper nose. It's like, it's clearly like, um, to me, it's like the heart of like, yeah, of course that is not one-to-one screen Vader. You know, it's, yeah. it's you know, the... Vader at the very end of Clone Wars is much closer to to screen Vader, right? Mm-hmm. Even though even though Clone Wars is very stylized, that's clearly stylized. But like Vader and Rebels almost looks to me like um a terrified rebel escaped Vader <laughs> and they're trying to describe what this monster looks like, right? He looks more like the nightmare that somebody have has of Vader and it, I love it. It's a witness statement. It is. It's like, can you describe that? His eyes are so sharp and a, a very pointy nose. And like, ooh, does, is Vader's nose pointy? Hmm. As someone who, who took uh, witness statements for 17 years, they are never accurate. So I, I love this description. <laughs> so your grandma was wearing a green dress, green dress. Well, we found her in blue pants and a shirt, but okay, it's her. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is, it is frightening when you get into that reality of how good our memories actually are. Yes, yes. Uh, but that's the thing is because Vader in Rebels looks like somebody accurately remembering the spirit of Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is, yeah, he, but he's wearing blue pants. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally, but yeah, and I, there, I have a two pack uh, of the Rebels, Vader and Ahsoka, and we picked it up, uh, meaning to give it to a relative. And uh, I, I was not collecting anywhere near as much. And uh, my wife was like, you know, actually, I think we have uh, I have a better present for our niece. And I was like, thank God, because <laughs> I want this two pack so bad. I love that that Vader so much. I love that. I love that. So how do you feel about the idea of retroactive changes? Uh, for example, a special edition of Rogue One to enhance the Leia and Tarkin CGI is something I've seen people talking about on social media. Mm. Or a special edition of the Mando Season 2 finale with new new Luke Skywalker. How do you feel about those things actually happening? All for it. All for it. And put an exclamation point at the end of it. I've always been one that's pretty positive about the Tarkin one, but even then, time is just going to make it not stand up as much compared to what we got going now. So let's get in there. You know, Star Wars has a has a precedent there of of going back and giving us some special editions. The Leia one, though, I love that moment, love the character. It, you know, it falls short for me a little bit. So if if, if they want to go back and revisit that in any way or form, I'm open to that. And 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 Mando season two. I mean, uh, did, you don't even need to tell us. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it so that when I log back in, I'm kind of like, wait a minute. Did they change this? I don't know. Uh, but I got this version. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so uh, I'm so of two minds about this one. I feel like it is a... Uh... It, you start with just the oh, like it's digital technology on a recent thing, mm-hmm. you know. Sure, just up the up the digital technology. Is that any different than like scanning and preserving the film, you know? Uh, but I feel like it's opening Pandora's holocron, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of what what changes will be made? We're even in that this era where like, hey, you know, they made uh, Jeans Guy go mm-hmm. away. They made the coffee cups in Game of Thrones go away, so mistakes right. can go away, you know? Yeah. yeah. So how do we yeah. feel about you know? 
aging up technology, uh, specifically these faces, great. But then do we start to be like, that blaster bolt should change. And then, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you start down the special editions road where if they're like, well, mm-hmm. if you're going in anyway, I have, you know, I've actually been thinking about it and we shouldn't have cut these two lines of dialogue. So put, put that back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is the, the always the debate around George and, and what he did with his own art. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think you're not wrong there. You're not wrong. Yeah. I tend to be with you of like, of just, um, yeah, update it. The the Luke in Book of Boba Fett for me is is way way better than in Mando season two. So there's a part of me is just like I kind of just want to see that out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do like the argument that uh, that people have made about the special editions a million times that mm-hmm. films and television shows are a record of when they were made, right? Yeah, uh, and that's a part of the value of well, this is the technology was at at the time. Mm-hmm. So I would be interested in if it were like. Let's say let's say they go back uh, to Mando season two. It's one episode, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, with a different Luke tech. Would you like that to be an option? Like you can go uh, in on Disney Plus and and see updated uh, the rescue or original the rescue, or mm-hmm. if they ever released say Mandalorian on physical media, that that you could choose because like that that's uh, happens for Doctor Who episodes, old ones of like. Mm. Okay. Choose to watch the original or choose to watch with updated uh, special effects. Would you like that option? Yeah, I, I think maybe to end arguments about it, I would. Mm-hmm. I think I would only watch the new ones. <laughs> I mean, look, hot, hot take, man. Updated Star Wars stuff, special editions, despite Joe Yauza's and all these other things. I am okay with a lot of the cleanup and, and and don't feel the need to go back to the original trilogy. That is my journey with it, not everyone's. So I don't need it. But to end the argument, yeah, give give us an option. Give us an option. Yeah, I think that would make me feel better about opening Pandora's Holocron that, um, that the record of what it was doesn't get lost because I think that has value too. Mm-hmm. And then you it can does. kind of respect both. You can respect like, here's the stamp made in time. And here is the creators, owners wanting to make uh, make improvements and yeah. keep it up to date, especially when the changes are, you know, aren't reaching back years and years into the past, but eh, yeah. pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. I also good. think it could be an incredibly uh, great motivator of if they're ever going to make physical media releases of some of the Disney Plus shows. Like if it was like by season two of Mando, <laughs> mm. you know and get mm. new luke face yeah <laughs> now with new luke face <laughs> now with new luke face you choose <laughs> yeah <laughs> any final thoughts on this uh big wide discussion of all the yeah. changing appearances in star wars no no th- thanks for all listening who, who uh you know are taking those that journey with us here that sometimes uh, uh you know i'm asking questions on my own answers and thinking about things and and being honest about some of the stuff that just doesn't affect me, not because I am uh, unaffected by the discussions in Star Wars, but I just don't live in some of that, those things. But also getting to admit that I, I do think he looks like an uncooked dumpling. That's going to be my line of the show, and uh, we're going to see where it goes from there. Um, at the end of the day, it's all our personal point of view. I just um, – I don't want – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, try If you have an, have an issue with the Grand Inquisitor, don't make it uh, your personality on Twitter for a week. That's the only <laughs> statement I'll have. <laughs> Uh, I I uh, very much agree with uh, with your sentiment. However, I think we should show proper respect and call him Grand Uncooked Dumpling. Grand Uncooked Dumpling. <laughs> He's in charge of all the other uncooked dumplings. <laughs> 
yeah, I think for me it is the I want to uh, absorb the Star Wars lessons that a lot of us talk about of um, accept what you can't change and celebrate what you can control. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always going to be variations in, in looks and some I'll like and some I won't. I don't personally have control over that and I have to accept that. Um, that uh, creators are going to make decisions for lots of reasons and, you know, I'm not in the room. I'm not making those decisions. What I can control is how much it affects my enjoyment. Um, so that's for me why I'm like, yeah, the the I want to be honest that the lightsabers, I wish they were wider in Rebels. Uh, but then I, I can't control that. They're not. Um, and I can control how much it affects my enjoyment. Or to your point, Ken, I can affect how often I bring it up, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which might affect others' enjoyment. If every time we talked about Rebels on this podcast, we're like, thin lightsaber, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I can accept how much it affects my enjoyment and how much I bring negativity to the table. You know, be yeah. honest about it, uh, but I can affect uh, uh, control how much it affects my discussion, uh, my focus. And it was a fun realization in all of our talk of the Mall Kenobi duel. I I just don't think about it at all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is a a good thing for me. And we'll see how much thought I end up giving to the Grand Inquisitor's head. Uh, Here is a hopefully fun question to close. Which would frighten you more to run into in a dark alley? Live action Count Dooku or Clone Wars Count Dooku? (laughs) The answer is live action because it's Christopher Lee and he's killed men. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the sake of a good cause, the war. But, but, uh, uh, yeah, I would be afraid of that. Um, yeah, he's more terrifying to me. Doing Scandinavian metal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Is, he did. Is Chris yes. really did in real life. Yeah. I, I, I think my answer is ultimately going to be I would be most frightened by live action head, but then cartoon body. Like, mm. ah, <laughs> how do you get those proportions? Yeah. <laughs> and is he in exquisite pajamas or not? It's, oh, oh, I that would be the best. That would be the best. That's the Star Wars celebration uh, merch I need is exquisite pajamas that we can purchase to be more like Dooku. Well, that's our big look at uh, changing appearances in Star Wars. Ken, any final thoughts or do you want to let people know uh, where they can find us? Uh, I, my final thought is uh, I now uh, need some cartoon pajamas. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. If they sell them, they have to be accurate to the cartoon. Yeah. 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 Uh, but if you're looking for us, we're the Force Center Podcast feed. Tell us about our appearance. Don't tell us about our appearance. Uh, we're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. We replay audio versions of uh, our show on uh, the YouTube channel. But we also, we've been firing up the cameras we did last week. We uh, really appreciate a lot of you who joined us and we'll do it again soon. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast available on ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot of other places. Just search and find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. You can find me at Catnapsuck. Go to my website, catnapsuck.com. Find all the things I do, including my music show, Pop Rock and Radio on Mixcloud. You like some pop rock three chords in the truth? I got you covered. Uh, live shows generally every Saturday. Joseph, you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And for all of my other comedy adventures, links to my other podcast, Obsessed, you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the Grand Inquisitor's head, however tall it might be, this has been Force Center.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.